Welcome to the Cyber Nation Uncensored Podcast. We welcome all Chumbas, Edge Runners, Vault Dwellers, Wastelanders, Spice Traders, and Space Folders. Thanks for joining us. Please give us a great review and also be sure to join us on both YouTube and Twitch. We'd love to see you on a live stream. Thanks again. See you soon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. episode of uh, Forlorn Dopes, I hope so. <laughs> My bandwidth seems to be a little low right now, um, so we'll see how it goes. Um, yeah, so I guess we can get started. Uh, welcome to uh, Tales from the Forlorn Dopes. I am your host, Cyber Smiley, with my co-host... I am Wisdom. And I am so happy to be here on this ridiculously cold day. Greetings, programs. Yes, it is cold. And it's very odd because a week ago it was like in the 80s for where I live. And then it went down to the 30s. And then it went back up to the 80s. And then it went back down to the 30s. And now it's just rainy and miserable. Yeah, but climate change is a myth. Don't, don't worry about it. It's, it's all fake. <laughs> yeah, let's see. <clears throat> um, yeah, so uh, welcome everybody. Uh, still trying to sort my whole brain out. Um, so Have let's we get... actually start because the, my screen on Cyberfunk or Cybernation Uncensored is still showing the countdown. It is, which means there's a delay in my signal. <laughs> like I said, my. Uh, my bandwidth seems to be uh, pretty darn low, and I don't okay, know I what to watch I that. can do to squash it. I'm doing my Three. best. It started. So. Yes, so we did start. We are we are live. Trust me. Um, again, I think there's That's... just a, a big delay because my signal is just taking forever to get up there but we talk we talk worst case scenario is they get to see it on uh youtube <clears throat> uh, 
That's how it happens sometimes. Yeah, and I think uh, the other problem is my wife is also doing a um, online course of some sort or Zoom meeting of uh, of something. So oh, there she, you go. She does. Uh, if you ever heard of the thing called NaNoWriMo, um, basically it's National Writers Association. Uh, basically, a bunch of people just try to pound out. 50,000 words in a month for a book, novel, novelette, short story, whatever. Um, so she hasn't done it in like 10 years. She used to do it quite every year, um, just kind of gave up. <clears throat> but this year she decided to do it again. And they're having, you know, various competitions and stuff. So. Uh. That sounds pretty awesome, but at the same time, let's go ahead and throw her under the bus and blame her for it. We're, we're just going to do that. <laughs> Not seriously. Yep, so anyways, let's get into it. So, Cyberpunk News. Um, uh, was well, there a recent big... DLC? There was a recent DLC with yeah, Elfline. They dropped 1.61, uh, oh. which means people can finally get uh, the iconic knives uh, from the vendors that they weren't able to get beforehand if they'd ever visited the vendors even once. Yep. Um, oh. So that's a plus. You still can't get the cleaver, which is bullshit. But... Uh, Especially since I had one and they took it out of my inventory instead of just giving it to me. Yeah, uh, and um, and the other thing is they uh, patched a uh, exploit. So uh, I don't know why they care about. It, to be honest, I, I don't know why they keep patching money exploits. It's it's not an online game. It's, very very true. Really single player game, so why the fuck do they care? Um, it doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, if there was if there was an online component to it, sure, I, I could see that. Uh, but, but I would assume even if there was an online component, we'd we'd all be. I don't know how that would work, to be honest, because all our characters are V, even though they're all personally customized. So just. Would everyone we talk to just say V and we'd all raise our hands? <laughs> well, are you Victor or are you Victoria? Right? I mean, I, I'm neither. I'm Swift, but that's me. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that dropped. Um, <clears throat> I haven't really played into it, but I probably should try to uh, finish off. Uh, my last iteration, which is Street Kid Male, which was my last iteration of uh, a character that I have yet to do with that game. Are you male and female for each one? Yes. Okay, you're much more dedicated than I am. <laughs> yeah, because uh, supposedly, and again, I don't see it too much, but supposedly if you play, well, it's not necessarily female but it's I th 
I forget what the criteria is. If you have a, like a voice of a male or a voice of a female, it, the the system runs differently, or there's different dialogue options, which I haven't really noticed. Um, this latest I can the romance options, but yeah, yeah but there, there there was other. They said that there was other uh, changes, and granted, I haven't really documented them all. Um, but uh, I try, you know, just to see if there is any difference uh, between the two. Um, I have noticed little noticed different things happening. Like there was a um, kind of a dialogue between V and Johnny that happened outside of uh, the church, the voodoo church. That also happened outside the uh, the motel. Um, after uh, Hananako's doll came in, <clears throat> so it was it was weird to see that dialogue in two different places. So the, there there is definitely some some differences between how you play, and granted, I, I would not as dedicated as some people are on, on showing those changes or even documenting those changes. Um, so, is what it is. Uh, the other thing that happened in Cyberpunk News is Artel Sorian put out a DLC for Elfline the card game. I haven't checked that out because I'm not much of a Elf online fan. <sighs> Um, go figure. It's, it's, it, I, I don't know what to think about Elf Lines. Like, it was a neat concept, but, it, like, they're really, like, going into it. And, yeah. uh, I mean, I just don't know that it's something I would ever use in my game. Well, I mean, just, think about it, that Elf Line was actually a, uh, April Fool's kind of prankish thing. Yeah, and it's just kind of taken on a life of its own, which is which is cool. I mean, any content is is content. So, um, yeah, it's <laughs> like they could have. Oh no, it, it's just kind of different. It is. Uh, the other big news with our Talsorian and kind of like. I don't know. <clears throat> I wish uh, Jay Gray gave gave some spoilers out two days ahead of time, but two um, days before the end of this shit, you can hear him giggling in the background when we ask him almost specifically about it. Yes, uh, specific. Yeah. So uh, apparently they're doing a supplement for Edge Runners, uh, and that's going to be uh, coming out probably next year. Don't expect it anytime soon. I have a feeling that Black Chrome is going to come out beforehand. Um, because it sounds yeah, like they're, they're just also, putting the polish on that. Yeah, like they they just announced uh, a DLC for like a twenty seventy seven conversion, and then there's I guess they're still putting out the book. But yeah, we asked him specifically about this stuff, and he just kind of was up in the air about it. But I could I could I, I knew he was hiding something. But I just I just knew it, Jay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm on to you, buddy. 
Yeah, I think we need to start bribing a little better. <laughs> or, or putting more points into our uh, social skill. Bags of dice. We'll, we'll mail them bags of dice. Like, hey. You yes. know. Is, is that what he's into? Dice for games? I, I, don't, I don't know. He, I, I remember he got excited about uh, the cyberpunk dice, but... I don't. Mm. I don't guess. I, I just figure he's a gamer. All gamers love dice. True, but he's also a father, so I think there's probably something that we could give him that would excite his child, and that would go a long ways as well. Dice, <laughs> and, and <coughs> like candy, and <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that's kind of it for uh, Altarsorian. Again, we kind of, on our last episode, we got a little bit of a, a lowdown of what's going on. Um, there was two other supplements that were supposed to come out this year from Altarsorian besides Black Chrome. Uh, one was the uh, Danger Girls, Danger Gals uh, dossier, which, as far as I understand, they're still um, putting a little bit of a polish on that. And said it might be coming out this year uh and black chrome coming out next year q1 and then there was the rogue weaponry what was it called shoot my brain has gone completely to mush um yeah my brain's there too i'm, I'm but I'm basically it was sure. uh cards for all the weapons uh and uh that they are Again, probably going to put out in the first um, first quarter, and like he said, that there was there's been just a, a crazy thing on on production and publishing and all that because of a COVID and also uh, Mega Corps <laughs> stealing the uh, paper shortage. Yeah, I I again I had never thought of that until he mentioned it, but yeah, Amazon taking all the paper to make boxes and shit like that that that's that's an insane evil dick mega corporate move for sure yes that's the life we're living in you know i mean i mean if you think about the corporations today it's it's totally cyberpunk 2020 because what is it like food brands there's only like two or three companies that own all food yeah uh, pretty much all, all all food production is it, it's it, it's a mess dude yeah. and we have just made it easier and easier for them to rake in record profits whilst the wages remain cons, uh, stagnant and housing prices rate oh, we are living in, in a dystopian <laughs> But who'd have thought that there wouldn't be any Chrome or Booster Gangs or AVs involved with the reality I mean, there's, of an... There's enough violent gangs that I don't guess they really need cybernetics. But, uh, yeah, AVs would have been nice. Yeah. Personal cybernetics, you know, that'd be, that'd be pretty cool. Um, but at this point, we just screw all that up, too. Yeah. So that's about it from Altor Sorian uh, when it comes to cyberpunk. The other thing is from uh, cyberpunk media. 
I've been looking into figuring out what's coming out or, or what's what's on the horizon from uh, a television movie kind of source. Um, I didn't see too many things that are upcoming, but what we're currently in is the uh, series called The Perfil, which is based upon uh, William Gibson's uh, novels. Uh, which yeah, is on we Amazon. Wow, and it's it's living up to the hype. Uh, it's it's ridiculously cyberpunk. Um, there's a little bit of time travel, which I'm not a fan of, just in general. Uh, but the visuals on the show are fantastic. The story is got me engrossed and what's going on. I love all the characters. Uh, there is there's so much treachery going on and you just can't really trust anybody at, at anything. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> but the thing with Peripheral and the way that my wife, I mean, my wife has already read the novel. She was kind of describing it as, as similar to what's being shown in the series. However, you know, when when you look back at, like, Westworld, um, and again, I don't know how far you got into Westworld, if you're on season four. I finally talk about that in a minute. Okay. So, um, the whole concept of AI computing process to kind of predict human behavior and the future, right? She's going into a virtual reality that's according to all of it, is in the future. But is it a computer AI model of what the future is going to happen because the AI is that smart, right, to be able to predict exactly how things are going to go, how things are, you know, who, what decisions people are going to make and the path of, of the world and history and, and that this is going to happen because the computer the computing process of an ai is able to figure out exactly how everyone's going to react and predict that into a future that is you know what was it 40 40 years in the future i think for the peripheral sorry (laughs) spoilers everybody (laughs) yeah i didn't i didn't I don't. I didn't pay enough attention to the actual dates, just enough to know that you know this is in the future. This is. I mean, both timelines are, are in the future, so it stays. It stays consistently t- cyberpunk, regardless of which. Oh yes. Which timeline is going on? So um, that's that's really. That's definitely. all I care about. Usually in those shows, like you'll see the future, and the future will be cyberpunk, and then they'll come back to, like present day where. Uh, they can save some money, but they're not—they're not going for that. It's yep, quite a pleasant change. Um, the best cybernetic is the uh, squad connection. The haptic, the yeah, haptic, the uh, haptic connection. Yeah, shit is badass. I'm really digging that, and like trying yep. to come up with how that would play in the game. 
there's there's something like that in Cyberpunk all in in Cyberpunk 2020, and I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, or even which book it comes out of. But it allows it allows squad members of like a three man team. It's it's pretty limited in that scope, but to basically uh, use like feed off each other to triangulate enemy positions uh get feedback like limited i guess you could kind of see through each other's eyes a little bit i don't know. it's been a while since i read it uh so long that i don't remember which book it came out of but i imagine it's probably one of the chromebooks one of the one of the more uh, overlooked entries yeah Hell, i be misremembering everything completely but yeah it's I would very much like to see something like that. Uh, and if I can't find anything, I may have to add it myself into, into Data Fortress at some point. Um, but without giving out any spoilers, how this works is uh, if you join the military, like they hook you up with the rest of your squad. So everybody's feeling the same thing. Like... Uh, can cue into each other's visuals, uh, auditory, uh, has a, a constant, like, uh, readout, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm using the wrong term, but you're, you're constantly updated on like everybody else's vital statistics and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, you just use it to coordinate tactics and um, and response. And yeah. it's really, really cool and a really groovy concept. At one point, without giving any spoilers away, uh, there's a... One of the guys with this implanted in him gets threatened. And he replies by saying... You you may t I'm I'm paraphrasing I'm not quoting. Uh, you can take me out, but understand. Uh, I'm connected to every single person in my squad. So if you if you take me out, you still have to deal with like everybody else in the platoon. Yeah, who are all to know who you are and what you've done. And, so that that's my. Statement. And he he also emphasized that. Whatever emotions I'm feeling towards you, all they of my feel squad feels the same emotions towards you. Yeah, that was which, a pretty which good plays scene. out well. At first, you wonder like, why are all these, why are all these dudes like so loyal to these people? But it's because this one guy is just super loyal, and so everybody else is super loyal, and it works out really well. It's it's a. I really like that aspect of the show. Yeah, um, th there's a, a game mechanic in um, the Battletech game, which precedes all of this. Basically, it was called the 3C computer, in which you could tie in all, all, all members of a unit of a lance, right, and be able to they would be able to get the benefits <clears throat> of like various ranges, right? So if a, a, a mech was so close, 
everyone in the squad was that close because of the the computer just regurgitating hey this is where he is and this is where you guys are and you triangulate it and guess what you don't have any range modifiers anymore that's what it kind of reminds me of this is some types some type of modifier that whatever whoever's in the good best position provides those benefits to the rest of the squad yeah that makes sense Um, I'm going to try to watch, uh, or rent, um, is it, was it called expired? There was another cyberpunk with, um, the guy from, uh, True Blood and, uh, Mr. Ancient Smith. Oh, yeah, I like him. Um, it came out this year, um, and said his... But it, it was kind of like a a, a a quick blurb of them. Oh, <clears throat> the actor is uh, Ryan Quanten. Uh, Parif agent actor. What the hell is his name? Quanten is uh, he was in uh, True Blood. He was hilarious in True Blood. Because he played this stupid, uh, well, not stupid, but <laughs> kind Hugo. of, a, a, yeah, Hugo. So um, I never watched True Blood, so I can't really, I can't really comment on that. Well, you should go watch it. It's actually a good series. Granted, it's not really cyberpunk, but if you were into uh, Vampire the Masquerade, I wasn't. <laughs> okay, so. Never mind. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, it's one of those things where the fans kind of turned me off of it. Kind of like Star Trek in that regard. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, again, the only other thing within media is supposedly we might be getting another season of Edge Runners, but it's probably not going to be around david it might be around something else um, i mean it would have to be around like just it's it's night city there's countless stories to tell i don't i don't really care about david anymore that story's been told it was a good story i enjoyed it um i'd honestly like to see a different animation team take it on one that wasn't so uh over the top when it came to action or turning technology into just absolute fantasy. I actually um, liked Studio Trigger because I, I was reflecting on the, the, the season and to me they told an amazing story. They they told a really good story. Uh, I, I enjoyed Edge Runners. I just... Uh, I'm not a fan of of the way they do action, to be honest. And I'm not a, and I definitely wasn't a fan of them uh, turning Sandavistan into super speed flash powers. Uh, or yes, the because, weird... because there's still physics. 
Yeah, there's still physics. The weird magnet thing that the uh, exoskeleton thing used where just ignores physics completely. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, I mean, to me, the appeal of cyberpunk is sure some of the some of the tech is is fantastical, but it it should always be believable. Right. And edge runners towards the end stopped being having a believable tech level. It, it became this weird. They watch too many Fast and the Furious movies, damn it. That's that's my bitch. Like, yeah, but... and they're in a car chase and cars are just like flying up in the air. And... But sometimes that's what Although makes a, that... a great cyberpunk movie, you know? I mean, granted, the cars flying up in the air actually did kind of like resemble the anime because every time you hit a bump, you take off. But I mean, think of Nemesis. Right, shooting through a floor, and just crashing through floor by floor as he's machine gunning the floor beneath him. Come on, I mean <laughs> that's sure. not realistic I, either. But I, it's fucking awesome as a as a cyberpunk. It was movie. it was really awesome, but it wasn't like stupid. Yeah. Um, and they were the first ones to do that. Like later, that scene sure. got ripped off by like dozens of movies. But <laughs> they were the first. Uh, Albert Pune was the was the first director to throw that into something, um, and it seemed believable at the time. I mean, you shoot something enough and put enough holes in something, you weaken it structurally. Uh, yeah, but you have to jump up, up and down on on top of it a few times before it would crash through. Sure, sure, I agree with that. I, I definitely agree with that. Um. Also, keep in mind that, you know, everybody in Nemesis was a full Borg cyborg, basically. Uh, a full Borg conver conversion. Uh, so they weighed a little bit more. I don't know. I, I'm just... I'm just nitpicking at this point. But yeah, no, I enjoyed Edge Runners. I, uh, I loved the story. I loved the characters. I just... I wish it just been more grounded. That's... I'm, I'm, I, that's the hill I'm gonna die on. Yeah. I'd like to see uh, I'd like to see some different animation studios with their take on cyberpunk. Um, the the studio behind Cowboy Bebop, I think they they do just phenomenal. Or Studio IG, or hmm. uh, or Madhouse, even. Just I'd like to see some different takes. Um, and I knew when they announced it was Studio Trigger that it was going to be some some stuff like that. And to be honest, Edge Runners is definitely Studio Trigger's most subdued anime. They are they're kind of known for being over the top. So yep. yeah, no, we we got a great show out of it, and I enjoy it. Yeah. I just I would have chosen some different things, but to be honest. Back, I don't, I've said this many times. Back in the, uh, back in the '90s, when I was first getting into the game, I dreamed of, you know, what would a cyberpunk anime look like? Because there's so many anime references in the books already. And finally, 30 years later, we got it, and it's it's fucking cool. 
Very true. And it brings people into the into the into the genre and into the game itself. So, kudos to that. Right. Yep. Also, the most faithful adaptation as far as like the world I've ever seen in my life of anything. Very true. Yeah, so <clears throat> when I was trying to do a lookup of uh, Altar Shining's DLC, um, apparently, was it one of my Bing? <laughs> so Bing brought up like various products because that's what search engines turned into is just products <laughs> when you're doing a search, but not like back in the old days when you actually could find some of our old school fan sites. Um, but anyways, someone is asking for a hundred bucks for the original Cyber Generation. And just a word of warning, kids. Uh, if you guys are like going out and you want to get the original stuff, fine. You're probably going to pay quite a bit. But keep in mind that Altar Sorian is still producing hard copies of various stuff. And if you can't find it on Artal Sorian, there's a good chance you can find it on Drive-Thru RPG. Um, whether it's a PDF uh, or on a pre print on demand. So if I was say, most of the stuff on uh, drive through is, is print is also print on demand. So. Yeah. So if you're seeing some of these prices, do not, and a fair warning, do not run out and buy. Holy cow. I'm sorry. What's that? What's so I just scrolled to the right and. Artelsorian Games Cyberpunk Red, right? The core red book is going for two hundred and twenty-eight dollars on eBay. On eBay? Is it signed? I don't know. I I had to open it up and, and take That's a look at it. It's, like it's still in print. I know. <laughs> eBay is so freaking weird, and it's funny because before twenty thirteen or before twenty seventy seven was announced, all these books were dirt cheap. Um, I, I was picking up extra copies of the core rules for like ten bucks a piece, and then twenty seventy seven got announced, and suddenly all these books are going for like two hundred dollars a piece, and. You know, a piece of your soul, yeah. and I'm like... And, and there's certain so books you, you definitely aren't going to get, right? It's like, you know, um, like Near Orbit. Good chance it's never going to get reprinted. Um, <clears throat> and and some of the Atlas stuff and the... Uh, uh, What's funny is most of the Atlas stuff is still dirt cheap, because I guess they don't realize that it's actually Cyberpunk 2020. True. But yeah, there, there's, there is, you know, if if you're looking for originals, yes, there are some that you definitely cannot get. Um, incomplete 2013 box set. Why would I get an incomplete version of the box set for 150 bucks? Because the box is <laughs> 150 bucks. Exactly, and it says incomplete and all it shows is the box so that means you might be buying the box for 150 bucks what like, shape hey. is the box uh pretty ratty 
I mean, it's eBay, man. It's. <sighs> oh, sorry. Here we go. Condition used. Missing the main rule book, but the rest is present as well as no splits. Some rubbing. I'll ship. The main rule book. Well, there's three main rule books in it. Do you mean all three? Do you mean one? So, in other words, are you just well, shipping the box? There's the, there's, the, the, there's the main rules. There's Friday Night Firefight, which is the combat rules. And then there's, you know, Night City. Plus, I, if I recall, there's, like, the scream sheets and character sheets. Yeah. Yeah, so... I don't... The 2013 box had dice in it. I know mine didn't, but I got mine my my copy. I don't think so either. First edition 2013 for three hundred and fifty dollars. Used. Well, yeah, because there's no such thing as a non-used copy. Contents. Welcome to Night City. Views from the Edge. It says it's all complete in very good condition. But Does it have dice? I don't, I don't know. No, I don't think it ever did. I'm pretty I sure know the 2020 wrong. box set supposedly came with dice, but none of my copies did. There's a 20, uh, 2020 box set? Oh, yeah. It's fucking cool, too. You didn't. You didn't know that. No, not really. Um, yeah, it, it. I mean, it really was just a box with the 2020 cover on it. Um, and then inside, it was just the main book and some character sheets and screen sheets and. Hmm. Anyways, um, listen, I'm not kids. really sure why it was a box set. To be honest. Anyways, uh, my, my my point is, kids out there looking for you know vintage shit. Uh, if you're a, a real hardcore cl collector, okay, fine. Maybe you want an original copy, or <clears throat> I know with the corporate books and the Chrome books, they kind of consolidated them into one book. Uh, you might want to have the individual books. Fine if you want to go for that, but there there <laughs> be wary of. Of some of this stuff because yeah know. if if you really got a disposable income and some money burning a hole in your pocket sure go ahead but if, if money matters to you at all just just get a pdf yeah and, or print on demand or go to our talsorian's website most of the shit is available there uh definitely shop around don't don't plop down 350 dollars for for something that's just not worth the money unless you're an absolute completist. So, speaking of old books, uh, let's talk about Rocker Boy. Well, okay, I, I was gonna I was gonna say I finally finished Westworld, but yeah, we can just jump straight into it. There's really nothing to say about the fourth season. Yeah, the fourth season was eh, a little disappointing. I should have. I should have just stopped at the end of the third season. Yeah, third season was good. The first 
first half of fourth season was good, and then it just got into it. And <clears throat> all right, I'll, I'll settle my piece. Right. So all of a sudden, they got very surprised. Of like, <gasps> there's not going to be a fifth season. They canceled it. I'm like, like the where the fuck would a fifth season possibly go? I know. On the on the fourth season, at the end, it's like, oh, she's restarting it again. God knows how many times she restarted it. <laughs> I mean... Spoilers, by the way, everyone. <laughs> if you haven't watched yeah, Westworld, it, it is a good series. Um, don't get me wrong. It's a must-watch if you're a cyberpunk fan. Yeah, just... Uh, then you can be as absolute baffled as I am by people's reactions that they canceled it and we're not getting a fifth season. Like, where the... All the questions were answered. Yep, everything's done. I'm not sure where you, where you're gonna go. Uh, at that, a fifth season would just be making shit up at that point. Um, but yeah, I just I just had to share that I finally finished it. It was fourth season was a slog. Uh, it's not that it's bad. It's just that it it, it wraps everything up. Uh, third season was my favorite season by far uh it was ridiculously cyberpunk exactly. um not so much westworld but it was cyberpunk uh but yeah all we right can jump right into rocker boy all right so <clears throat> rocker boy has colin fisk as a writer will moss scott ruggles dave ackerman glenn wildermuth Sam Shirley, and of course, Maxim Mike himself. Um, let's let's take just a minute to appreciate this super badass cover. This is a 2013 book. Uh, and, I mean, this guy is channeling Billy Idol to the max. Uh, I don't know what's going on with this crazy guitar keyboard thing but i know it's awesome i i just i really love this cover uh it's, it's it might in fact be my favorite cover of the 2013 series tied there uh with uh with near orbits cover i should say and since uh i believe they were both done by doug anderson so that makes a lot, a lot of sense yeah for for me this cover definitely spring screams cyberpunk right or or the punk uh i mean it's got the cyber the dude's got a guitar hooked into his head with like <laughs> tons of wires <laughs> um i'm not sure what, <laughs> what you would possibly need that many <coughs> for, but uh judging by the number of buttons on this keyboard you know maybe it isn't maybe it is necessary yeah but that's... i dig his uh, his fangs too his vampire but again, he's a, he's a rocker, so he's a bit of a showman. So I highly doubt he needs six interface plugs um, hooked into his guitar to play this crazy ass instrument with crapload of various buttons on it. Um, I don't know, but I, I want to see. I want to. I want to read about this guy's story. I want to know who the hell. This guy is supposed to be. He he seems much more interesting to me than Johnny Silverhand, at least as far as uh, a musician goes. This dude is badass. 
Well, he could be one of the uh, various rockers that are mentioned throughout the book, um, like Blood and Ice. <coughs> sure. We'll, 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 we'll just assign him something as we move through the book. Like, let's see. We're just going to say that's the cover guy. Exactly. And then expect everyone else to, to follow through with that, to just yeah. accept because that's who we are. So again, this was a supplement for 2013. Uh, and could easily fit in your 2020 uh, uh, campaign as needed. And yeah, let's start getting into it. So you have a table of contents. And, and the other thing is uh, similar to Solo of Fortune, it took that magazine vibe uh, and kind of introduced various articles to kind of get you into the, the world and atmosphere of cyberpunk at that time <clears throat> and kind of presented it that way. And I, I wish Artasarin kept that going with uh, the other supplements that they put in. Granted, I don't know what other supplements they could have done similar to this. I'm thinking of like the medical journal and for a med tech, which we never got <laughs> for a supplement. I, you, I will always lament that there was never a, a techie and med techie supplement. Um, it, it really seems to be a disservice to them that they're the only class that never got that. Yeah, and they uh, could have got representation. They could have done this with a, a netrunner, with like similar to how PC World or wired or the other various tech magazines that are out there so there's definitely a, a bunch of ways in which they can introduce to other roles and, and use them to contribute to this yep. so i said that but the truth is is uh corporates really never got the representation they deserved either um there were the court books but those were really just about individual corporations as opposed to the role itself yeah and uh, if they introduced like hey as a corporate with arasaka and you have a resource of this you should have got you know you should be able to call upon this resource or this resource right you could have called in a like if you were a corp for arasaka or militech you could have called in a, a strike team with a, a dc of or a diff of 20 plus right <clears throat> into a situation or you could bring in this amount of equipment uh that would have been nice to have in the court books but again there i or, think or you need access to some new research and development project or uh anything like that i mean there was so many so many things that they could have done with the corporate as a as an like fleshing out what the role actually is, uh, it, it, yeah, it's always been a little bit of a disappointment. Those three roles just never got the love they deserved. But I think with each supplement specific for the roles, it evolved over time. Like Wildside really was a later uh, splat book for a role. Uh, same with Live and Direct, in which 
and again, we we already inter <laughs> we already discussed Live and Direct, and I think Rocker Boy is a much better supplement compared to Live and Direct, even though it has similar. One hundred percent. It has similar characteristics, and it's it presents a lot of in-game stories and a lot of in-game fluff. But I think Rocker Boy kind of presented it in a much different way similar to to the solo of fortune and that it was just yes there is fluff but it's a article about it not like live and direct which was kind of a source book way of doing it, <clears throat> it i don't know it, it's hard to describe exactly what i mean with that well yeah i mean live and direct is really more about the media in general uh as opposed to like how how to play the role there's a little bit of it, um, but it doesn't. It doesn't really go into the detail for how to like the different types of. I don't know. Rocker Boy is just uh, is is just more useful. Uh, it, it's it's good that both medias and rockers got represented, but I think the Rocker Boy source book is, is a little bit easier to utilize in your game. Yeah. Um, yeah, so let's get into it. Again, similar to the whole magazine format, you would, <clears throat> especially in the 90s, late 80s, you would have letters from the fan in which the editor responds to them. There's, again, some pretty funny ones that go on here. Uh, and just the, the dialogue that you can interpret from that. Which, again, gives you a little bit of the genre. Also, the whole layout of this particular uh, magazine, you will find ads, just like fluff ads of various things. So, in the letter section, you find a right. uh, ad for Johnny Silverhand's new album. Cool Metal Fire. Um, and it's it's a, it's a neat illustration too. I, I I dig the illustrations in this book. It's just a hand holding a guitar coming up out of the smoke, but it's it's cool. Yeah, it is. And, and the get... whole letter just gives you a look into the into the thought processes of the world itself. Really, just a little bit of fluff. Yep. Spice things up. And then again, the magazine like. Magazines back in the day would also give like quick news blurbs, which this, of course, does. Uh, the, and this is where you first encounter how this particular and it there there was a little there is definitely some of it in uh, Solo of Fortune, in which the art took photographs uh, and yeah. integrated them with the supplement, which. I think this is one of the few game systems that actually did this type of artwork. I mean, on one hand, uh, <laughs> pardon me, photographs are, are easier than art, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, so it saved them a little bit of money. It, 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 it made, it, it kind of makes it more relatable. Like that's a real person right there. Uh, they're in costume. It looks cool. Uh, 
I want to jump back to the letters really quick, uh, sure. just real fast. They meant this dude mentions a drug called Widow's Breath, and that's that's a cool cool sounding name for a drug. I, I would have liked to have seen more about that. Apparently, he tried to overdose and went blind. But Widow's <laughs> Breath is that's a cool sounding drug. It sounds like uh, something from the twenty seventy seven with the inhaler. <laughs> yeah, it does. It definitely does. Or, or uh, yeah. Here, take a hit of this. What is it called? Widow's Breath. Hmm, okay. <laughs> I mean, that's definitely like a street drug type of, yeah. Yeah, so they get into the uh, little short bits of uh, news. Um, little bits and articles around various uh, band members, etc. Uh, one was like, uh, was it Knife Edge? Yeah. She gets arrested and just like little cool little things uh, you want to read up about. And <clears throat> the other thing that we're going to get into is a lot of the articles in this particular supplement are talk about Carrie, Johnny, so some of this was definitely pulled from into 2077 and i know a few of the youtubers really reference this when they when they're talking about the lore around johnny and and carrie um i know yeah, that queen yeah, almost like, like the... verbatim took from this book uh well yeah the lore. she had no insight but that's neither here nor there. Um, most of the YouTube lore guys, they they were just quoting verbatim uh, out of the books, which, I mean, I guess that's, that's one way to do it. Yep. So the first full-length article is an interview with Carrie Uridine, uh in which he talks about his days with Samurai, uh, Johnny and getting into his solo career, which, you know, by 2013, Samurai has already been broken up for a few years by then. Um, and he talks about the various band members. So if you played 2077, you know about not only Carrie, but uh, oh, Nancy, <laughs> Denny, um, and the other uh, band members uh, of Samurai. So it's definitely I mean, a really great read. They got the basis for the personalities of the different band members. Uh, in particular, Carrie and his ridiculously low self-esteem. <laughs> um, Denny being like a really... Uh, I'm gonna kick your fucking ass. <laughs> yeah, you piss me off uh, too much. Best being or Nancy being, you know, very pragmatic. Um, yeah, that all comes from this book, basically. So it's definitely well worth read if you're if you're looking into lore, not only of cyberpunk itself, but also 2077 <clears throat> and getting that whole background of of the mission uh when it comes to carrie and nancy and, and 
getting the band back together. Um, I, I, I like that they flesh out that uh, Carrie and Johnny got together uh, due to their experiences in the second South American conflict. Like, I thought that was a nice touch. It is. Yeah, and again, this 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 supplement really showed how cyberpunk really was more progressive than a lot of games at the time, uh, even for the generation that we were living in. Yeah. <clears throat> so the next article is in the listening room, uh, in which basically it's a interview between Rockerboard Magazine and T.C. McBride. Uh, of a band called Manjaro. Yes. Some kind of no funk thing that, you know, sounds pretty awesome to me. So it's and a quick interview with a one page. Again, fun read. Um, and then, of course, the, I, don't, I guess it would be a controversial uh, article, but basically it's Hitler was a rocker boy. Uh, and then this, I mean, this, this article to me fleshes out more importantly than anything else what exactly the rocker boy is. Everybody comes to it thinking that a rocker boy has to be a musician, but no, a rocker boy is anybody who can sway the masses, be it a politician, um, a, a, a religious leader. Uh, even like military leaders, uh, if they're charismatic enough, like anybody who can sway the masses and get people to, you know, follow them along. That's that's what a rocker boy is. Yeah, and it's also presented in an article fashion, right? <clears throat> Which I, I kind of like. And in this article, throughout the article, it talks about the various ages and who a rocker boy would have been during those ages, whether it was Mahatma Gandhi, uh, Martin Luther King, um, and various other people. But, you know, once you get into the 90s, of course, that's when the, the, the years or the reality split off. And they started getting into really the, the person who really truly epitomized rocker boy and how it evolved into the cyberpunk world um, the other thing i like about this article was <clears throat> there's also a split between the article in which it was kind of a split of the the in-game world giving an article and then the out uh out of game world giving kind of a, also a description on what a rocker boy is and what it means. Yeah. It's, it's, it's half fluff and half. This is how to apply it to your game, which I mean, that's the way I like it done. Um, hello? Hello? 
Sorry, I had to step away. Uh, two of my cats were getting into it and needed to deal with oh, something. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. I, yeah, I thought it was me. I was like checking my phone. Am I disconnected? What's going on? No, Sorry about that. I apologize. Uh, yeah, no, I very much like when they split it up like this so you can get a, a taste of what it's uh, of, of the flavor behind it and then how to apply it to your game. It uh, it works for me. Um, I think more source books could benefit from this this type of thing. Sometimes sometimes they mix the two together, and it it always feels a little disjointed to me. Yeah. Um, it is a great article because not only and again they talk about the various people uh, and idols. Uh, throughout history and why those people were considered rockers <clears throat> um, and basically the whole concept is a rocker is somebody who who tries to influence people to be or has some type of message um, that kind of makes people go out and do things and I guess this in day and age you really don't you don't see it as much as you did like in the 80s, 70s, 90s, maybe even the early 2000s, <clears throat> especially when it comes to like musical acts, right? I mean, you don't see it from musical acts, but yeah. you definitely, I mean, you definitely see it from politicians. And yeah, I was about to say, there's a, there's the tea guy, <laughs> good old Donnie. Um, I mean, he, he is a rocker is boy. The, <laughs> Fuck that dude. Um, Love him or yeah. him, he he's definitely a rocker. <laughs> he is he is a cult of personality that people just blindly blindly adhere to and follow, ignoring yeah. any and all. Well, yeah, we, we'll we'll go on from go on to something. Yeah. So. And again, at the end of this article, there's a, a sidebar on kind of some concepts of what a rocker boy is, um, whether it's a street poet, performance artist, social leader, activist, or politician. <clears throat> and also, I, I've seen various other discussions on whether it's Reddit or Discord or some other things on, on what a rocker boy can be. Uh, one concept that I, I kind of was like, huh, yeah, that's kind of a rocker boy. Is like, you know, uh, wrestlers, right? And that whole yeah. cult of personality uh, when you get into, like, sports and athletes who kind of portray themselves and kind of market themselves into kind of this weird cult leader. I mean, it really, like, wrestling, professional wrestlers, like, there's... There's athleticism involved, but it's it's all a, it's all a show, and they definitely whip the crowd into a frenzy and uh, have giant like followings and uh, yeah, I think Rocker Boy is probably a pretty apt description of 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 a professional wrestler. Like that makes that makes sense to me. You're right. Yeah. So, Doc. Um... Gazunks, gazunks, gazunks. 
Uh, yeah, there is definitely a, a fuzzy line between media and rocker. Boy, this actu- this supplement actually gets into uh, that, and, and we'll talk about it a little bit later. But just to answer your question real quick before we start getting into that specific article where it talks about it, is <clears throat> in this magazine, it, or magazine, in this I mean, supplement. Go ahead. Basically, the difference between a rocker boy and a media is a rocker boy is there to influence. Um, They are there to put forth their agenda and get as many people to follow that agenda as possible. Whereas a media, they're there to inform. Um, That's that's why their that's why their special ability is called uh, credibility. Like, yep, they are there to tell the truth. And or at least what they believe to be the truth in some cases. Uh, that's that's the main difference. They both have followings. They're both, you know, up on up on one stage or another, up on a platform. But yeah, that's the difference. One is there to influence. One is there to inform. Well, the article that I'm referring to in this act, this supplement. They classify it as a rocker boy. Boy is emotion, whereas the media is the mind. Um, so the rocker boy is all about emotion, struggle, just going from your heart, versus the media is the person who sits back and thinks about it and tries to. And granted, you know, in this day and age, m- media is corresponding to the news, which. It's very fuzzy uh, in this day and age to kind of show that concept. But during back in the day when the with this uh, supplement was created and news was very more objective before you know Reagan came along and basically said news organizations doesn't necessarily have to prove. <laughs> That it is a fact. They can report whatever they want. Um, that kind of turned the whole news organization and media into this. The the state that it is in now. Um, which I mean, isn't about fact. It's more about modern, opinion. The modern journalist. There is a lot more bleed over. Where you have lots of journalists. Lots of so-called journalists believing that they are, in fact, rocker boys. And, in fact, they, they, I mean, at this point, they are. They're not journalists. They, they yep. are rocker boys. Where you have a journalist, especially, like, opinion journalists. Yeah, those aren't, those aren't journalists at all. Those are just rocker boys um, who happen to be on a news show or a show calling itself a news. Yeah, and it's right. not just, you know, don't you might be really thinking of uh more of the right news outlet, but there's definitely a lot of the left as well who are very rocker boyish uh in giving their opinion as well. Um I didn't name any names or <laughs> any organizations. It's well to me. It seems like when I think about like that whole cult of personality, I often think more about the 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 news organizations on the right more than I think about the left. But there are some some people on the left who are also 
very cultish in a way. Yeah, I mean, if if, if I'm gonna go, if I'm gonna go nonpartisan on this. I'm gonna say, you know, on the on one side you've got you know Tucker Carlson, on the other side you've got somebody like Bill Maher. Yeah, neither of them are journalists. They're just they're just rocker boys masquerading, basically. Yeah. Whereas to me, media is more. Um, Reuters or Associated Press who just give you the facts. That's all they do. They don't give any, like, spin on the facts or (laughs) any type of leaning. They don't tell you what to say. They just give you the uh, facts. Here's what happened. Here's who did it. Here's what you should do. So... Um, the next article is on the street with Ma's despair, uh, in which <clears throat> an interview goes with a satirist, a political sa- satirist, uh, Ma's despair. Um, this is actually an interesting uh, interview. Yeah, uh, again, and it's only two pages. It's a pretty qu- quick read. Again, it's very progressive of Altar Sorian and, and the gaming system in which it talks about, you know, <coughs> LGBTQ. I'm sorry, I don't <laughs> I don't know all the, the letters of that word. I should learn them all. But basically, it, it gets into uh, a situation in which the interviewee uh, talks about how she was really influenced by uh, a comedian who was uh, about gay rights who was assassinated along with the Speaker of the House during the Gang of Four. Again, there's a play throughout this whole book about the Gang of Four and how suppressed uh, media and and news outlets were. But again... I mean, you're right. This definitely is... Uh, another sign of, of, you know, how progressive they were and how ahead of the times. I mean, this was, what, 80, 89? Was that when this was put out? Yep. Ah, uh, that, that... Any kind of gay representation in in anything less than a, a satirical... It was either insulting, uh, like villainizing, or... Or played for laughs. That's that was really the only kind of gay representation that you had, had back then. And for this to just play it straight, that especially in a in as niche niche a uh, niche a crowd as as role playing games were back then, and cyberpunk was niche on top of niche because really it was all just D and D. It, it was very, very forward-thinking. Um, kudos to Artal Sorian. Uh, they they put in a lot of representation in a lot of their books, and I don't think they get enough appreciation for it. Yep. As well as, you know, <laughs> the, the whole Gang of Four thing and just how fucked up that whole situation was. Right. And I uh, think the, this kind of, like... Gave some background into what that Gang of Four was. Because, again, you know, you had a blurb within the basic book. Um, And this just added on to that 
background that you could kind of read into and develop as a referee into your own campaign of how serious some of this background was they made reference to the to the problems with the gang of four and the collapse throughout a bunch of the books but you really don't ever find out what that actually was entailed until home of the brave yep um but keep in mind that you know again this was this was 89 so this book came out and the whole gang of four concept came out just after uh the iran contra scandal and finding out that you know the cia and the fbi had been the cia had been like smuggling drugs out of southeast asia and the fbi was smuggling drugs into the poor communities um so like it really plays on that whole, you know, our, our government's been betraying us for a while and it's just now coming out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So very and there interesting. weren't a lot of brave enough to like come out in and criticize the government like that. Even 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 as mildly as Cartel Sorian was doing. And I say mild just in the just in the sense that, you know, they're talking about future events, not direct open criticism really. Yeah, and I think that's why Altosorian took that very punk aspect is we're gonna nail in all these various uh, social political issues and we're gonna actually put them into our game of of the hard reality of some things and, and you know, I definitely see it from various talks I've seen throughout various social medias over the decades. <clears throat> and the concept of, of games is, you know, I want to escape. I don't want the harsh reality. And I think that's why it, cyberpunk was always kind of a very niche um, yeah. game is because it did introduce those hardships. Uh, and yeah, introduce it's, it's, those crazy real-world situations that people are trying to escape from. I mean, the heart of punk is distrust of authority. Uh, and the heart of cyberpunk is just that taken to the next degree. And it's going to reflect, even if it's even if it's happening in the future, it's like any good near-future fiction, it's going to reflect what the trends of the current times and yep. this is one of those situations where you know regardless of all the warnings that science fiction gave us this same problem just keeps getting worse and worse as as those in power continue to grab more power right um i'm just gonna give you a little bit of warning there uh wisdom but we're on page 22 of this book there's 82 oh. pages, so we got wow. 60 pages to go through, and we got 45 minutes that we need to burn through. So I know our first half hour was all about uh, cyberpunk and, and the universe, but <clears throat> I think we need I to. I will uh, rain. Yeah. So hopefully we can rain I mean, it in. I, I think there's enough content in here that's it's pretty good. And, and we can kind of uh, fluff over it. So the next section is the sound of today, which basically boils down into what instruments are being used. 
for the world in general and it's interesting that it doesn't really get into computers and how computers kind of really just became a musical instrument or even the turntables right because this was before yeah, or, rap really took off or you know any of that i mean this was this was the late 80s by then new wave had pretty much taken over everything and keyboards were everywhere but it really just i mean they talk about keyboards but they don't talk about the mass synthesizer effects and all that yeah i don't know and this is the first section you actually get some gear uh in the supplements and it gives you about dozen or so pieces of uh musical instruments that you can buy um from drums guitars midis yeah midis that was a big thing back then microphones yeah. and uh various other things that you could buy as a rocker uh, to set yourself up uh, but it basically goes into uh several paragraphs about guitars several paragraphs about drums and what they mean in the 2020 world and keyboards and then it kind of gives a very nope. short uh accessory thing which i'm surprised i actually got to correct myself they actually give actually go into keyboards a bit but you're right there's no computers there's no uh or whatever the hell yeah. that guy's playing on <laughs> on the front cover yeah there's none of that like i would have liked to have seen more of that um i would have liked to seen turntables now i'd like to see i would have liked to have seen them talk about some of the more weird esoteric instruments people can get their hands on um where where's where's where are the bagpipes <laughs> yeah or, or some other like new type of instrument that someone could play and i, I <clears throat> that was the other thing like back in the 90s i was thinking of like just weird instruments that would evolve or try to come up with and granted i was completely far off of what instruments there are today but just coming up with something in which you you play like even today, i mean the guitar thing on the cover so <laughs> well even today they're they're getting into um like 3d virtual 3d uh yeah. ways of creating sound which is just crazy and then and then you think of like the electronic music um revolution that happened in the early 2000s and how that is evolved in which these guys are just like doing crazy stuff on on various equipment and just cobbling together and re-engineering shit into something that almost these these musicians are becoming techs right and jerry-rigging shit to create a, a sound that yeah. they want to hear well they missed it by just a few years uh as far as instrumentation goes like stomp hadn't really become a thing yet the blue man group wasn't a thing um all these really experimental acts where they're just kind of 
cobbling together musical instruments that that really wasn't anything that was happening at the time but i would have liked to have seen something along those lines yeah and and even some i mean even the musicians of today you look at like tom morello from rage against the machine and his experimentations with and in creating new ways of of generating sound and then you look at um who is it i want to say dead mouse is that the guy's name I mean, what really surprises me that didn't make any kind of entrance in the book is uh, like beatboxing was huge back in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, like entire entire groups were just based around beat. I mean, the Fat Boys, that's, that was the, yeah. their whole shtick is that they were beatboxers. Um, and that that would have been neat to have seen, I think. But really, the cyberpunk, for some reason, cyberpunk 2020 really just kind of ignored hip-hop. Like, there's brief mentions of it, but yeah, for as, for as deeply political as hip-hop was in the, in the late 80s, early 90s, uh, it, really, it really just kind of got ignored by the, by the yeah. cyberpunk books. And that's something that could have been picked up with Live and Direct, right? I mean... Live and direct, mostly media, but it was a bit Rocker Boy, and they could have introduced some of this, similar to like what Rocker Boy, this supplement that we're talking about, which did no. combine Rocker Boy and media. Um, and again, I mean, they make mention of pop groups, but I mean, at the time this was put out, like the hip hop community were the true Rocker Boys. You had groups like you know, public enemy out there who, yeah. and, uh, KRS one who like their whole shtick was rapping about politics and trying to inform the people. Right. And, and I, again, I, I don't know about today's youth and age, but you know, back in the nineties, you would constantly hear about concerts just going and ending in riots. Um, Yep, and just going. I mean, I used to go to concerts, and I would see how, like, you know, the amazing mass of people who would just like, like bum rush the stage, um, and just get so freaking crazy. And nowadays, they get worse. It just doesn't seem as <laughs> as as crazy as it used to be. I don't know if it's a yeah, good thing or a bad thing, but um, all right. I'm assuming that there's probably still pockets of of that kind of craziness going on, probably at like metal shows and whatnot. But everything else seems. I, I don't follow metal, so uh, everything else seems to have kind of chilled out. Mm-hmm. Which is strange because, you know, I would think there would be a lot more anger in the youth today than there was 20 years ago or 30 years ago. Anyways, <laughs> very interesting how, how this article has kind of like brought up a lot of us to talk about contemporary 
uh, society versus what was going on in the 90s and 80s uh, versus well, other I mean, supplements. It's the nature of the rocker boy to like reflect on these things. True. Uh, Very true. And uh, I don't know. Our society has changed so much that even when somebody does come out and they do have a message, regardless of what side that message is coming from or what it's highlighting, it's almost immediately like criticized en masse. So it, it's, I think it's harder to get the message out. Like Rage Against the Machine got back together and people just <laughs> like the reaction from from people was like not something I would have ever expected. But yeah, what do you mean Rage Against the Machine is political? Like what do you what? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I'm ranting again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, let, let let's stay on topic. <laughs> so anyways, um so again, this article goes into the various instruments, uh, what people are using in 2013. Uh, granted, I think this is a little dated article. You definitely want to update it as, as our little diatribe has kind of gone off on um, and taking a look at this and, and really apply what you in this society now look at and, and apply it to this game. Um, the next article is basically a two-page product review of the MIDI. Um, it does have some game mechanics of using the MIDI to kind of enhance your performance. It's kind of complicated in my opinion. Um, you're looking at a plus intellect or intelligence divided by four if you're unchipped in guitar, if you are chipped in guitar, it's intelligence plus divided by five. If you're trying to record, it gives you another bonus with your intelligence divided by blah. So um, I think that... There's stuff going on here that yeah, I, they probably could have another look at. There's definitely a little crunch into here um, that probably could have gotten... Uh, remove, but then again, you're talking about the 80s and crunch was the thing. <clears throat> so, moving on to the next article, which is Filthy Rich, which was a very interesting article in that it diverted from Rocker Boy and even media and entertainment, in which it basically talks about wealth and, and who is wealthy uh, and how do you yeah, get wealth. It's the 2020 version or the 2013 version of Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. I'm your host, Robin Leach. Yep. And and how you get wealth, right? So you in either inherit it, you're either a head of state or some oil rich nation, you're a entrepreneur genius or a corporate honcho, or you're just a big media star and rock star or sports star. Um, I mean, it's definitely a well worth to read through because it kind of gives you some some fun stuff to read. Um, what was it? Simple-minded in terms of human costs. Yeah, 
Right. So it talks about like, you know, uh, sports stars and the shit they have to deal with. Um, <clears throat> and, and it also follows up with like toys of the rich. So yachts, private islands, and then just like the fashion. Uh, <laughs> one piece of fashion or, or one dress that's worth 12 million euros because it's made out of thousands of diamonds um, mm -hmm. was quite interesting. So, hey, perfect scenario for uh, a heist. Go and steal this dress that's worth 12 million euros. There's always a buyer or other corporate agent or corporate honcho who wants that but it's not willing to yeah. pay 12 million. He's willing to pay you guys, you know, 100,000 to go and try to uh, grab it off that person's body. So it's, it's a fun read um, to see the concepts of what wealth is in 2020. And then we get into Media Today, a Rocker Boy special report, which is basically... Before we do that, Go ahead. There's a, uh, there's a full page ad on page 33 that just says uh, ultimatum when a promise isn't enough. And it's got, I, I want to say that Scott Ruggles artwork. I could be wrong, but... Uh, I can't figure out what the ad is for. Is it is it for the dress? Is it for the bottle of perfume, perfume or liquor or whatever that is? In the back? Again, that's that always the point of pause. Like what? Like that's the point of being rich <laughs> in the articles. Yeah, it, uh, yeah. It's actually an it, ad for Viagra. <laughs> <laughs> That makes about as much sense as anything I could think of. So. You know, because because when you look at those pompous uh, <laughs> various ads for uh, hoity-toity yeah. shit, yeah, you, oh, didn't, you had no idea what the hell it was for, and then they hit you with the name of it, and it's like, okay, what am I buying? What? But yeah, that's it is a good art, a good little ad that it's just you have no fucking clue. <laughs> When a but yes, yeah, on to the uh, today Rocker Boy special report. Um, yeah, this is they start talking about they. It, it's all about the media's. I really dig that net net fifty four AV in the image. Yeah, with the crew jumping out. <clears throat> yeah, I'm not sure why they had to reprint it four times in two pages, but. So, in this article, again, it does like a, a split article in which <clears throat> it does a uh, breakdown of a timeline for a news crew. And then it gets into Net54 and how Net54 evolved uh, to become the powerhouse it is in 2013, 2020. In fact, the format of this really kind of... It's like the prototype for what would later become the court books. Yep. Um, kind of, not necessarily this article, but um, 
after this article, I think a few pages later with uh, DMS, but it does yeah. <clears throat> kind of give you that, hey, this is how Net Net 54 became the power asset it is, and this is where it's, you know, branching into. This is where it's its various uh, divisions uh, separate out into. Um, <clears throat> and then following this article, it gets into, where is it? So 54, I don't, it's, and it really, it's kind of subtle in, in the change of the article, but basically the article is labeled as extortion, bribery, kidnapping, brainwashing, and other nasty tricks. <clears throat> so this kind of article talks about the various ways in which media's corporations uh, work and how they yeah. kind of took over uh, media and the <clears throat> either the rock rocker boys or, or star media stars within the organization that they like kind of took over or would eliminate right like if, if my my competitor is going to sign a contract or if that rocker star is going to sign a contract i'm going to just kill him because <laughs> he's not going to sign up with me so therefore i'm going to send hit squads after him um and just gives the various ways in which the media corporations deal with their stars right and their assets and it's a great read especially for a referee on a how you can set up a career or not a career a scenario uh, in which you can get the party involved or how a character would be treated by a media court yeah it's it's Again, it, it in just a couple of pages, it it really fleshes out how to operate as a corporate, as a well as a corporate media entity. Yep. <clears throat> and then the next article is Giants at War, um, which talks about a little bit about the conflict between Net54 and DMS. So DMS really wasn't mentioned in the first book or the core book. Net54 was. Uh, so I think DMS was kind of introduced with this supplement. Yeah. And to and, your uh, point... That, that image that they've got representing Howard Wong of DMS is badass. Like, that yeah. is so ridiculously 80s corporate that it just it kind of screams at you. Yep. And I think it gets to your point in which this is where it kind of lays out how the corporate books really started getting fleshed out. Um, because yeah. there's one full page of like the various regional offices, the the stock shares available on markets, uh, who owns what, a breakdown yeah, of all every the various troops what equipment they own, et cetera. Um, and then goes into the full background. This is, this is straight up the prototype for the corporate report. Uh, those, those books. And their format. And it's a great read. Um, 
because it talks about how DMS really got into the various aspects of what it means to be a media giant, whether it's music, the technology behind it, even uh, cyberware research, uh, when it comes to like even brain dance, and just how that media organization just expanded into the various aspects. Uh, Interesting to note is this was put out in 89 and they talk about their animation studio and talk about 3D modeling and scanning in real world objects. Like that was, that was years ahead of its time um, for them to even be looking that far. In 89, I think our computer animation was, was Tron and the last starfighter like those were the big uh big in your face representations of what computer animation looked like so for them to include that at all was was pretty pretty far advanced yep um and definitely well worth a read if you like the corporate books you'll definitely love that section then you get into Optical Scanner, which is a kind of an article. Um, it's hard to describe, but it's it's. I enjoyed it. Um, it's basically a dialogue or kind of a story um, from from a viewpoint of one person. And how Arasaka is doing various <laughs> experiments in the uh, combat zone, and how that particular person uh, it was able to escape, and and he like explains exactly what Arasaka is trying to do, which is the first mention of Arasaka or any non uh, media within this. Uh, or media corp within this book and again looking forward they kind of the whole thing kind of alludes to like a, a reality television without it being without calling it reality television yep uh they're talking about a lot of the ma a lot of the media people consume is you know just amateur footage of of real people And it talks about the subliminal imagery system. Um, yeah. Kind of gives you a little bit of uh, some stats on that. But also at the end of this article, it, Rocker Boy is putting out a bounty of 3,000 uh, EB to confirm this story. So as a referee, you could definitely base a, a campaign or at least a miniseries on that article uh yeah again well worth the read <clears throat> the next section is about brain dance uh and to me this is a lot more thorough than than uh live and direct and granted i think live and direct probably made the assumption okay you've already read this so we're just gonna add in a little bit about brain dance but um, this actually gets into various equipments and what you can buy. I think Live and Direct could have done itself a service by uh, just reprinting this whole section. Or enhancing it, right? 
Yeah. And just taking each item and creating its own little table or, or some other section in which it's more condensed in a way. Um, but yeah, it gets into brain dance and, and talks a little bit about like certain aspects of brain dance that you don't always think about, right? Because one part of it uh, when I was reading through it recently was how when they do a brain dance, even though the person who's doing the brain dance might in, be in pure agony um, because they got a gunshot or they broke their arm, as a brain dance editor, you're going to go in there and you're going to adjust it so either it's not as painful or it's going to give you a little pleasure. Which yeah, you got to... You, you can edit the sensory feedback to have it be whatever you need it to be. Um, so like you said, for like gunshots or anything painful, you you turn the those those receptors down. And then for like, if you're doing like some erotic shit, uh, you turn that shit way up. Yeah, and that, that, that uh, was the other thing. It was like, oh yeah, this, you know, this gunshot could feel like, or sorry, if someone was beating on you with like a baseball bat on your back the the editor can make it feel like it was a massage or it could be you know heavenly orgasm um i would imagine individual units like you the user can adjust that themselves too like that would that would seem to make sense to me and talk about it yeah and that that kind of got me into a weird thinking of like some braid dance editor who who kind of like starts we- weaning people on to the pleasures of pain, like a almost like a, a a Hellraiser type of thing, in which you know, eventually the person would appreciate the torture that Wonderful. they were going through, like some again some cyber psycho who who who's a serial killer who just like slowly weans his victims on to. Wanting to be, I always find (laughs) brain dance in the in the books is is described in one of two ways. It's described as either being like a static recording that you just kind of live through and experience, or there's this other type of brain dance that is interactive, like a video game, VR video game. Um, in my head, I can see how you could have one of the one or the other. But I think a lot of people like try to mix those ideas, and I don't think mixing them is compatible. Um, like I think you could have VR brain dances as their own separate thing, and then you could have these experience brain dances where you're just locked into what's going on, which is much closer to what we see in uh, 2077 or in the movie Strange Days with the playback. Yeah. Yeah, and that whole, in in Strange Days, the whole thing of, like, you're feeling the killer and that, again, the whole whole craziness that that can uh, instill into a person. I've I've always wanted to know if if Strange Days, if their idea of playback came directly from brain bands, because I didn't. I don't ever remember seeing brain uh, anything like brain dance before cyberpunk, 
So it's possible. I mean, there's a lot of fiction out there that I haven't read, so it's possible I've missed it. I think we talked about this a couple episodes ago, which uh, was a brainstorm. Or, oh, uh, that's right. That's right. You, yeah, you yeah. Well, granted, um, it didn't get into that crazy, the craziness that Strange Days came into. But yeah. Um, <laughs> Moving along, we got about fifteen minutes left, and uh, oh, we're I mean, they really get into how brain dance works in this article. Yes, and uh, make it how to edit it, how to use it, the different types of decks you need. Yeah, that's the one and thing I liked cool. is the the pieces of equipment you actually need for it. Yeah, and then afterwards they get into a little adventure all around brain dance, which kind of plays out a lot like the. When you get introduced to brain dance in the uh, in the video game, kind of nice stuff. Yep. Yeah, and that's a well, it's a two-page adventure, three pages with the NPCs or PCs. I can really tell. <laughs> um, if they're NPCs, they're very well fleshed out. Four pages. Actually, with yeah, four pages with them. Five pages with Five. the with the the net map too. Um, yeah, so if you get Rocker Boy, you'll actually see how the old school twenty thirteen net running worked. Um, it's a lot it's, more like red than twenty twenty. Yeah, that's true. It's interesting to see the uh, evolution. And then the following article is about a brain dance uh, star who is a solo. It's a one page, a little write up with his stats. The picture looks like they found some off duty cop or, or something like that. And they're like, hey, put on a pair of sunglasses. Let us take, a, take your picture. Yeah, um, and that's, uh, if we ever interview with Mike, there's a lot of questions, but I think one of our questions would be, uh, hey, Mike, would you be interested in doing more things and doing, like, you know, talks about the various books and, like, what were you thinking with the art here or this particular article, and who are these people anyways? Because I'm assuming, you know, back in the day, they knew everybody who they were taking pictures of oh yeah just i mean well hell the like i said the cover model for solo fortune 2 was ross Wynn. so um yeah i'm assuming that these were all like friends and like people in their gaming group and just people they knew yep god those sunglasses are so 80s so very <laughs> moving along um then we get into another article about various releases so they're like uh album releases and short little reviews of each of the albums 
<clears throat> giving like a certain amount of stars. What's the most popular one? Dominion over Destiny or El Tempo Tempesto Grande? I mean, live link up, it, it got the yeah. same number of stars, didn't it? Yeah. Fight for Your Freedom was the lowest by Dusty Fields and Mara Records. <laughs> so that's I mean, fun. I'll say the the picture of the punk rock chick on page 75 man i was in love with her when i was you know when i first read this book i was like that chick is <laughs> but her butt looks weird yeah well it was quick art that looks like it might have been a huckabee or huckabout huckabout yeah yeah I think you're probably right. So again, this article is a little bit of a fluff. And then we get into In Concert, which is the Triumph of Ice, Blood and Ice In Concert, which is a band. Um, this was again, actually... Talk, a, yeah. talk about art here. And, and this article, which basically talks about the band Blood and Ice, um, was pretty good. Uh, kind of give you a little bit of background of, again, the world in general. Um, it was a good read. And it's a lot of fluff. There's there's nothing, until you get to the last two, well, yeah, there's really nothing more than fluff here. Uh, it's good fluff. Like, if, if you're interested in playing a rocker boy, give it a read. It'll, if you're interested in running a concert, you know, there you go. Um, and after that, it's basically a couple of, uh, ads and then the final similar to, uh, uh, uh solo fortune makes sense because it's live from Cheyenne mountain. Cheyenne mountain doesn't, that's where they dropped the rock. No, they didn't drop on Cheyenne mountain. They dropped it on Colorado Springs. Is that the same? Well, they dropped it on NORAD, which is Cheyenne Mountain. Maybe it wasn't fully written out yet. <laughs> <laughs> Retcon. Retcon. Or it could just be the name of fucking album, and it could be from anywhere. Like, that could be their... That could be them, them being cheeky, like, well, it doesn't exist anymore, so we're going to do it live from there. Yep. And then the last page is basically some ads that people put out similar to the old uh, guitar magazines in which people put out ads for various things. Um, yeah. Uh, classified section. Dr. Zooks. Had this as well. It's, it's good stuff. So Dr. Zeus asks, uh, how do you recommend I run Rocker Boy campaign on an overall basis and on a session to session basis, or maybe a scenario for a Rocker Boy campaign? Um, 
<clears throat> so there is a supplement called uh, Eurotour that kind of gets into uh, how you could run a Rocker Boy campaign because it's basically about uh, Curie Uridine's, uh European tour. Um, I've kind of stayed away from Rocker Boys in my campaigns because I just never really liked the class. Um, but I know Wisdom, you did a an interesting campaign with uh, a Rocker Boy campaign, right? Yes, I did. Uh, I, I mean, there are ways I can answer this. Um, the first is there's really two ways to do it. Uh, you can... <clears throat> You can have the characters be the band itself. I don't know how many people are in your game or, or what all that consists of or what their interests are. Uh, but if you're running a Rocker Boy campaign, it has to obviously center around the Rocker Boy. Um, so you can have the, member, the people be in the band or you can have them, as in the case of Eurotour, uh, be like support, be like security and road crew and technical and, and those things. The fixer who gets everybody their drugs. Uh, like those are the, really the two ways. And you can, of course, mix that to however you, to whatever your personal group's tastes are. Um, as far as running the campaign... I mean, the reason I got burned out on it is because it was just going from one concert to the next, and anytime I tried to introduce anything else, it just kind of fell by the wayside. Uh, granted, I was running with a kind of a goofy group at the time, and one of a one of the players was kind of problematic, so it made it hard to get everybody else to focus on anything either. But you can introduce a lot of elements into a rocker boy campaign, such as, you know, uh, shysty dudes coming in and trying to, uh, underhand your, your tour manager or your agent, um, band members getting kidnapped for, you know, ransom, uh, or just because people don't like the message you're putting out. Uh, one of the more fun things I did with the game is I had them pick a band, and that band was just, you know, the sound of their band. Like, uh, my players picked a, a punk rock cover band called Me First and the Gimme Gimmies, and I had to listen to that every time they threw, the, threw a concert. So, <laughs> it can backfire on you. Not that I don't like Me First and the Gimme Gimmies, I do. Uh, but at the time, they only had like two albums, so it was very repetitive. Right. I, I read, uh, I don't know if it was a story on your site, but basically it was the manager was kind of selling drugs from place to place. Yeah. And the party was clueless on that, and all of a sudden yeah, it, it a turned to on. shit. Uh they were given plenty of clues about, and then, you know, when they ignored those clues, things just kind of came up and bit them in the ass. Uh, which worked out really well for a Rocker Boy campaign, because that's kind of how it works. Like, 
you know, the, the guys in the band may not know the shady shit the roadie over there is doing. You can be smuggling all sorts of stuff in those guitar cases. Or, you know, the agent might be selling their music to other, to like advertising corporations without, you know, their say so. Right. All sorts of good stuff can happen in a Rocker Boy campaign. Just don't expect a lot of actual action because that's not really what a Rocker Boy campaign tends to be about. Yep. Um, although they did get shaked down quite a bit. So there was that. Yeah, and you can also play the um, Frontman PC and NPC band. Talent agent PC. Yeah, so the other thing you can look into is how corporations, depending upon how, how well the front man and the band is going, is, you know, corporations might start taking interest in them and start fighting off of them uh, and yeah. play out that dialogue of how do they juggle, you know, the, these talent agents coming along and trying to hire them out and how you can play off or whether or not the party can play off each of those uh, elements against each other right um, because what's going to happen is if they say no to one corporation well that corporation like I said in, in Rocker Boy they talk about um, well if you're if I can't have you no one will which means they'll either flat out kill the band or do some other nefarious thing to kind of destroy the band whether it's uh, introducing or, or trying to get the band hooked on various drugs or do something that will basically destroy their reputation etc um, so how those 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 corporations play off each other and then it would be up to the players it's specifically your your talent agent pc to juggle that and how and you would have to try to give them hints in which they could play play off of that i'm trying to think of like I know there's been various movies and, and television series in which you have a storyline in which the person plays off various elements or various parties against each other, right? To the benefit of I mean, the main character. There's some really great Rocker Boy stories out there that you can use liberally as inspiration for your campaign. Uh, Eddie and the Cruisers, Light of Day with Joan Jett, uh, Streets of Fire with uh, Ellen Aim. I mean, there are just, there are, you have to search for some of them. Uh, you can even use like autobiographical movies like, you know, The Doors or. Uh, anything like that um there is plenty of intrigue in the music industry it's a very cutthroat business uh artists are taken advantage of they are 
by their very nature, they are often narcissistic and uh, prone to self-destructive behavior, as well as, you know, just being prima donnas. Uh, not all of them, of course, but there's enough of that going on that it'll make for an interesting campaign. Um, yeah, and, and, and even the infighting, you know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because that's another thing that you can play off of the characters. And, and I know this day and age, you don't want to have antagonistic players. But as long as the players are willing to accept that role. Um, I mean, there's, there's, there's antagonist. You don't want to be a dick above the board. Your character can be a dick. But as long as you as long as you know where the boundaries are, you're mostly going to be okay. Um, just make sure that everybody's on board with this plan, uh, and that'll that'll solve a lot of those issues. Communication is key in in all things. Um, but yeah, like he said, uh, interparty conflict. Uh, that's that's part and parcel for. For the rocker boy lifestyle. Yep. So we're about time. Um, so I think we can wrap it up. Um, I don't see any other questions, but thank you for asking those, uh, Doctor. Uh, Mr. Gazooks. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely answer any questions that are proposed to us uh, and interrupt our own selves. So, next time, we are going to do a uh, year in review of Cyberpunk. So, and we're going to talk about what's happened this year around Cyberpunk. Um, whether it's various movies, television shows, the game that came out, all the DLCs that uh, Artel Sorin has presented, etc., etc. Uh, and that's going to kind of end out the year for us. Uh, and after that, we are going to take a, a couple weeks, or a couple, not weeks, but necessarily uh, episodes off for end of year so we can regather our strength and uh, get focused on for the new year. Uh, which, the new year, we're going to continue doing some more reviews of the various books. I think we have, like, quite a few left to, to go through. Oh, there's, there's, there's so many left. Um, uh, also, we will get more lined up. Yep, more interviews. Um, we are going to try to get Mr. Uh, Pondsmith to uh, join us. Uh, again, that's not a promise, it is only a rumor. Um, but we are going to do our best to, uh, yes, to have some Grognars talk, talk to the old OG of Grognars. Uh, when it comes to cyberpunk, so, uh, but we're also going to talk to uh, some other people and get them involved. Uh, again, any topics you guys want us to talk about, by all means, ping us uh, through the various uh, methods we have available, as well as going to Cyber Nation Uncensored's Discord and posting under the uh, Forlorn Dopes uh, channel. And ask us any questions, and we will come up with uh, more scenarios. So, anything else yeah, you got? 
just going to say you can always hit me up on Facebook in, uh, in either the Cyberpunk 2020 group or the Data Fortress 2020 group. Um, we don't have anything, any specific channels or anything there. But yeah, I, I pretty much pay attention to whatever happens. Uh, yeah, I can't wait till next episode when it's just an all rant, all the time episode. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and then, yeah, we're, we're going to take a break. All right. So you can check me out on my site, uh, cybersmiley.net. That's cybersmiley without the ending E. So L Y dot net. I have a bunch of uh, utilities for cyberpunk 2020 cyberpunk red that you can use hopefully for with your games. Um, you can also, I also have a discord. There's a link uh, on my site to it that you can go to. Uh, I also hang out uh, amongst the various uh, cyberpunk uh, discords. Uh, so if you do an at cybersmiley, good chance you're going to be hitting me, uh, if you try to target me. Um, also I, uh, navigate the various reddits, whether it's cyberpunk red or cyberpunk 2020, really should start paying attention to the one that Mike hangs out on as well, which is more geared towards cyberpunk, <coughs> cyberpunk, uh, 20, 2077. Um, but yeah, you can check me out on those various locations. Uh, I am Wisdom. You can find my works at Data Fortress 2020, uh, the largest, most comprehensive Cyberpunk 2020 site that you're likely to find. Um, I'm also at the uh, aforementioned Facebook groups. Uh, Any Discord stuff, you can just direct towards Cyber Smiley or Cyber Nation Uncensored. Uh, I will most likely see it there. Um, I'm on Reddit. I uh, usually just snipe in comments here and there uh, where I think I can help. And, uh, yeah, thank you all very much for, for tuning in and, and joining us this evening. Um, we look forward to seeing you again. Hi, you, <laughs> you to me. Um, we're actually ending, <laughs> but oh, anyways, yeah, <laughs> just in time. Thank you, Cybernation Uncensored, though, for hosting us and yes. providing us all support. Thank you, Rob and Cyber uh, Cybernation Uncensored, for hosting us for the past. I think we're almost to two years. Udahime is such an interesting name. Well, at first I thought it was uh, Utah, Utah, I me. <laughs> yeah, you can be right. I don't know. We could ask her. It, it's not. I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you very much, everyone. And that is it. We are signing off now. Yep. Have a great one. Talk to you guys later.
Cybernation Uncensored.